So good morning, everyone. My name is Claire Harney um, and I'm working with HCI or Healthcare Informed on uh, as a director of digital development. Um, and we're running some educational sessions to sort of help, I suppose, from my perspective, drive forward the adoption of digital health, um, particularly in the areas of quality and patient safety. Um, so this morning, I'm going to talk about the importance of process mapping and re-engineering as a first step to digital transformation. So just to introduce HCI as an organization, we work with health and social care providers nationally and internationally uh, to support them to make intelligence driven decisions to attain, manage and improve quality, safety and regulatory compliance. And we do this through a range of quality and safety professional services, but also digital transformation products and services in the area of uh, quality and patient safety. And the goal there is to streamline, improve and transform the quality and patient safety function. Uh, this is an overview of what I'd hope to speak about today. So just to mention, it's not about the technology, at least not at first. Um, looking at healthcare as a system, then looking at healthcare as a complex adaptive system and what that is, and then mapping and improving a, pro a process in a complex adaptive system and how we go about that. Uh, and then we'll take some questions at the end. So I'll only keep you for about 20 minutes, hopefully, um, and we'll have a bit of time for discussion. So first of all, just to frame the conversation, um, it's good to kind of have a, a shared understanding of what is digital health, because we throw around terms like digital health, e-health, et cetera, uh, health technology. Um, so the simple definition at the bottom actually is the one that I, I prefer, and it's just health and healthcare in the context of digital societies. And we are living in a digital society because if you take a look at banking or transportation, how you book a taxi, for example, um, those have been transformed by technology and our expectation now is that you can use an app to carry out your banking or to book a taxi, see who your driver is and know exactly when they're going to arrive. So why is this important for healthcare and, and, and all aspects of healthcare? We've been at it for decades at this stage um, and I know there's probably some people on here who bear the scars um, of trying to bring technology into healthcare. And again, yet again, it's highly topical in the news right now with questions around why we don't have the EHR yet or the electronic health record. But it's not so simple as picking a solution and plugging it in. And I think we all know that by now. An EHR is not the panacea on its own. It's not going to transform our healthcare system on its own. There are so many aspects of healthcare not touched by an EHR, such as patient safety, the laboratory function, radiology, digital therapeutics, and there's many, many more. And there are also prerequisites, such as the technical infrastructure, a strong one, um, and the health identifier that are really building blocks to having a successful national level EHR. And also foundational and key is an understanding of how we do things and a detailed examination of whether our evolved way of getting things done is appropriate, safe, efficient, patient-centric, and if it supports the wider health and social healthcare system. It's no easy task. In healthcare, we have evolved ways of doing things that may not be the most efficient way, but we found a way to get it done. Um, and sometimes that means finding a convoluted path to get to where we need to be. But because we've found a way to get it done, sometimes we don't see that process as an issue because it works. Um, so bringing people together to look at that process to maybe say, well, is there a better way? Uh, is there a safer way or a more efficient way? Um, is something that, you know, 
even persuading people that that's needed can be a difficult task when the current way works and has evolved over time. Um, so today I want to delve into the importance of process mapping in understanding the health system a little bit more so that we can better map our processes to lead to improvements and re-engineering of those processes as a vital prerequisite step to digital transformation. And I think we all know that if you throw technology at a bad process, it's still a bad process. It's not going to work any better. Uh, and you've spent a whole lot of money to find that out. Um, so it's a key part of the transformation aspect. And then the digital part follows. So why is process mapping so, so important? So it's all about the perspectives on how we get things done. My perspective on how healthcare or even an aspect of healthcare is managed in an emergency department, for example, may be wildly different than yours. And it's likely this differs across the various stakeholders and members of staff with roles and responsibilities in the area. What standards must be met and complied with? Do our multiple processes support meeting standards? What's missing? What do we need to report on for quality and patient safety purposes? Is the way things are done right now adding value? How do we know? How long does it take and why? What must happen before this process can happen and what happens after? How do these processes impact each other? Can one start before something else is complete or are they reliant and dependent on each other? What roles are critical to success? Is it safe and what happens if one role is missing? Are there contingencies for this? There's so many questions to ask and answer uh, in order to successfully map out a process before we can we start to even look at, at technology. So what represents the best achievable process with all of these dependencies in mind? So in this session, I want to delve a bit deeper into that. And from, to, from the viewing of healthcare as this sort of big amalgamated uh, healthcare system to viewing it as a complex adaptive system, and how to leverage this for successful deployment of technology with measurable outcome improvements. So first we must define a system um, and we must build an understanding of the wider healthcare environment, how it works and the significant complexities involved. So when talking about systems, we tend to talk about a specific way of thinking about the world, or sometimes we refer to a system as a solution. But in reality, a system is a set of elements connected together which form a whole, thus showing properties which are properties of the whole rather than of its component parts. It's, in, it's so important to keep this in mind when planning to implement technology. Remain cognizant of not shifting the problem or complexity onto another part of the system. So systems thinking, this is about seeing interrelationships rather than linear cause and effect chains. And in seeing processes of change rather than single snapshots, it attempts to look at a wide array of elements that make up a pattern of influence. It, it has limited individual information, recognizing that no one person has enough information about each factor to make an effective decision about the solution. Diverse, diversity is actually the antidote to complexity. Each factor suggests that different people with different knowledge and different roles and skills working together can solve a problem in a better way. And then moving on to complex systems. So in the language of complexity science, when a system becomes so complex, where our experience and understanding reach limits and where even experts struggle, we're looking at a complex system. And I think we can all recognize that in healthcare. And similar to science, 
Complex systems are where systems of rules and governance reach their limits and fail to be applicable in extreme circumstances, which means new understanding through the emergence and resting of new theories, and this needs to happen. In such a context as healthcare, strong leadership means being unfazed by not knowing enough to know what will happen for certain. Complexity science being merged with a range of disciplines. And in healthcare, this means truly identifying and partnering with stakeholders. And this continues to further develop our understanding of systems and increase the likelihood of success when we can't predict precisely what may happen. So an overview of complex systems then versus complex adaptive systems. So again, complex systems are any which are affected by very large numbers of variables to such an extent that the outcome cannot be determined accurately. So there are passive and active systems. With passive systems, each one of the numerous variables is determined by a static set of conditions for which it is the sheer scale which makes the system complex. Here, knowing everything there is to know is not sufficient to determine an outcome. This suggests we are incapable of taking right decision-making to achieve our goals. And moreover, errors, variations, and loss of control may be harmful to achieving desired goals. Rules and attitudes in complex systems need to be rethought. And an active system or complex adaptive system is where each variable may be determined dynamically with some local intelligence applied in a way which may be influenced by other parts of the system. In other words, a complex adaptive system is able to adapt to the particular state that it's in. Complex adaptive systems are made up of agents, such as nurses and patients in healthcare, that learn and that relate to each other and the environment in non-linear ways. And a key result of this pattern of interaction is self-organization. Complex adaptive systems organize themselves in fairly stable patterns of relationship that are not governed by hierarchical intent. Such a pattern could be how nursing assistants, nurses and nurse managers interact in a nursing home, for example. Emergent properties are a second result of these interactions, and those emergent properties in healthcare are characteristics of the system, such as the well-being of patients or infection rates. And they cannot be completely understood by knowing the characteristics of the system parts or the process. So the complex adaptive system itself learns from experience how to respond most effectively to achieve its goals. And I think we can see that this is how things have evolved in healthcare. This offers the potential, though, to create a system capable of teaching itself how to solve its own problems. And here, errors or random fluctuations are vital to sustain adaptive mechanisms needed for learning. And moreover, a degree of toxicity or maverick behaviours are vital to discovery. So it's essential that we have an element of rule breaking in order to get things done. So how do we harness, harness the potential of a complex adaptive system that is our healthcare system? So the potential is for the development of healthcare further as a complex adaptive system, the development of whichever system you were working and developing on to achieve your outcomes as a self-learning system. This has been recognized in recent years and it is an emerging field of interest in the literature, with the approach being seen as ideal for understanding the challenges of developing integrated care systems. And I think that's something that we, we've, we've all been aware of in Ireland now for quite some time. So this has led to some level of recognition that healthcare is a complex service system 
Whilst there's a long way to go, it is clear that complexity science and systems thinking create new perspectives and a real value in the healthcare setting, and that a systems approach can lead to lower costs and better quality healthcare. There's also evidence that it leads to higher levels of team performance, especially when there are multidisciplinary teams, according to a review carried out in the literature by Wellborn. And in fact, in the review, Wellborn concludes that the, the significance of diversity and the importance of interdisciplinary working uh, is key to success in healthcare. And it should be noted that this is diversity of thinking, experience and perspective beyond traditional ways that we would think of diversity around gender and race, etc. So multidisciplinary teams transform the quality of care, especially in those areas of complex comorbidities, such as mental health, cancer and children's services when dealing with complex families. And moreover, if we look at the impact the quality of leadership has within mental health crisis recovery teams, for example, and this is over in the NHS, working in complex health systems and social care systems together. The research team there sought to explore whether the quality of leadership exhibited by crisis recovery teams is directly related to team effectiveness. And team effectiveness was defined in two ways. Firstly, staff attitudes to work and sense of well-being at work. And secondly, organizational performance. And the study was really significant as it collected and analyzed data from a total of 46 mental health crisis resolution teams from different parts of England. The study was clear that it was not just about what leaders do in being competent, but also how they do it, how they engage and enable others. A complementary way of interpreting the leadership research is to suggest that the development of leadership competencies results in an increase in human capital, which through the enactment of engaging behaviours can be turned into social capital. One of the core conclusions of the study was that engaging leadership behaviours were a significant predictor of organisational performance and the importance of teams. This is also reflected in many other pieces of research. Uh, for example, Baker, who argued that such leaders who are able to initiate collaborative working are more likely to achieve higher performance. So what are the implications for you as a leader in the health, health sector and how do we relate this back to, to mapping processes? So firstly, in order to start to think of your role as a leader within the wider health and social care system, you need to understand the elements or all of the parts that make up the whole the links or interrelationship that hold the parts together and, and its permeable boundaries in that our processes overlap with each other uh, and don't tend to be independent of each other. So we need to designate those boundaries, where they are and what is inside and outside of the system. This can also help with the understanding of the services and organizations that need to be involved in your process mapping to tackle a complex problem or improve a service, a service involving, for example, complex comorbidities. Also, applying the right type of leadership to shape how people work together is key to successful mapping of processes. We need to, we need to understand um, the wider range of stakeholders that should be involved in, in process mapping and what their roles are inside and outside of that process. And finally, we have to agree and decide on how progress will happen and how the learning will be reviewed and applied back into the system, how it will be adapted. And in, in terms of process mapping, how will we re-engineer that process to arrive at the best practice approach that works best for everyone? So in harnessing the potential 
uh, and recognizing the implications, we must apply systems thinking in mapping out a process or multiple processes. And this enables the achievement of best practice and finding the critical path to success or the best path to success before we deploy technology. Technology supports best practice and adds to efficiencies. It reduces risk and removes bottlenecks. It improves things like standards compliance, patient safety and high quality care. And this is all possible if we have successfully mapped out the process in advance. And in terms of digital health transformation, compliance with standards and best practice and citizens' expectations lead to improved patient safety, a work environment, outcomes, experience, and efficiency. Uh, and doing this in advance of technology configuration leads to the improvements that we would expect to see from implementation of a modern dynamic digital health solution. And that in turn enables us to, to leverage the technology so that those measurable aspects that we need to be able to access in real time allow us to see the data that we need in a format that, that actually helps us with, you know, with our process of continuous improvement, which in turn enables us to modernize our system. So you know, if we've gotten it right, that information and that data that we need to be able to extract and view in a meaningful way uh, should be available to us. And this is one of the key leverage points of digital health technology. So how are we doing at HCI finally? Um, so within HCI, um, we had developed the project HCI Innovate, and this was part of the implementation plan for a quality management information system. And the first two parts of that really are the key to the process mapping. And that's where, um, you know, we, we became aware over time of um, how vital the process mapping aspect is to deployment successfully of the digital health solution in quality and patient safety. And we found then that this works actually for mapping processes for any type of digital health intervention. So that need being recognized um, and it cuts across and impacts every other, other process and aspect of healthcare. And it's why really we developed and, and named it HCI Innovate. Uh, it's the implementation process that enables that best practice process re-engineering prior to deployment. And we offer it as a mapping service, bringing together the key stakeholders as part of a structured project and enabling improvements across all, all areas of healthcare. And as we've seen, it's vital that technology supports strong processes in a way that helps the achievement of best practice. So if you need any further information on this service or you have any thoughts on this, please do reach out. But in brief, as part of that project management plan, and this is usually about a four month process to fully map out everything that happens in and around um, any given process area, Having strong governance over um, the, the, the project is, is one of the first uh, really important things. Senior management in the healthcare organization must be involved, must buy in uh, to the improvement of the process and the benefits that the digital health technology may bring. Um, a strict project plan and work plan um, with a risk register that should be managed throughout is really important. Um, regular meetings um, with actions out of those meetings that are actually acted upon, staff communication program, ensuring that all stakeholders are involved. And the output there is that you've effective change control when you are re-engineering the process. And usually there is a way to find some improvements. 
changing a process means changing how people do things. It's really important to be cognizant of that and to make sure that they're on board with those changes and recognize the reasoning behind those changes and how it's going to impact their day-to-day -day work. And then you move into the actual process development, again, involving the key stakeholders and strong governance. You re-engineer those processes in, in, you know, to the, the, the highest level of detail possible. And your output is a really strong um, new process that reflects best practice and what needs to be done. And it's then that you start looking at configuring technology to support that new process uh, so that you get the, this, I guess, the best return on investment possible. So I will stop there and move to Q&A if anyone has any questions. There's a question in there, Claire, from Richard. Um, he was say, asking, uh, what advice would you give to a ser service leader or manager setting out to undertake process mapping for the first time? Yeah, I think um, one of the really important things and one of the more difficult things to see is that, um, especially if you are in, leader in a leadership role, you're not emotionally attached to any particular process uh, involved in healthcare delivery. And if it's getting done, it's a sort of a, well, no, that's getting done, it's okay. And maybe not a recognition that how it's being done may represent a, a serious risk um, or a really kind of inefficient way of doing things. And so I think as a leader, the first thing is to recognize that the way things are done, you know, in my context may not be the best possible way. There may be better ways. Um, and those ways may actually, you know, save money they may save lives. So it's really important to have that attitude first, that kind of openness to um, exploring things, something like process mapping. You can then look to, to how digital health can, can support any changes to a process or the best way of doing a process. Or if you happen to have your <laughs> process, you know, in line with best practice, happy days. Um, there's still, you know, benefit to looking at how technology may in, improve efficiencies. And I think that's really important when it comes to looking at something like quality and patient safety as an area, because it cuts across all aspects of healthcare. Uh, but it's so important that you can get data out uh, of all areas of healthcare in order to be able to measure quality and patient safety parameters and ensure compliance. So um, I think that openness as a leader first to be willing to look at processes and recognize that they may not be perfect. Thank you, Claire. Brilliant. Thanks very much. And thanks everyone who came online. Um, and sure, feel free to reach out if you've any further thoughts going forward. Thanks very much.